Sure. So the first thing that came to mind was one of my favorite quotes was what you focus on expands. Okay. Mm. What you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on blank. I've spent the last two years learning from the best social media entrepreneurs out there and implementing the skills and ideas they have taught me in order to grow two successful social media businesses. After some time though, I realized that social media was only part of the story. As I expanded my network, I kept finding young entrepreneurs with multi-million or even billion dollar businesses that weren't doing anything on social media. Instead of building their personal brand and selling courses, these entrepreneurs were solving massive market needs by creating the next Airbnb or Uber. But the real question is, as a young entrepreneur, which of these options is best for us? social media influencer or startup founder. That's where this podcast comes in. With a mix of interviews with people from both sides of the aisle, you can see what appeals to you and how you can take the steps to start and grow your business immediately. Join me and follow along as I sit down with some of the top social media influencers and startup founders in the world to ask the most important questions and extract the information you need without the fluff you don't. My name is Apple Kreider and welcome to Young Smart Money. What is going on? Welcome back. We are here with a very special guest today. I know I say that all the time, but but this one really is uh, one that I've been excited for for a while. So Sasha Scheider is joining us on the show today, and Sasha is someone who is uh, really doing some huge things in the uh, consumer technology space has been recognized by Forbes uh, on the 30 under 30 list, which is super, super cool. And and how she basically got there is she and her partner, Troy, created this app called Plotograph. And maybe you guys don't know what Plotograph is, but I'm sure you guys have seen them all over social media. Sasha's going to explain them uh, pretty early on in the episode, but basically uh, it allows you to take a picture, a still picture, and then animate certain parts of it, freeze certain parts of it, and create these really cool graphic effects that I'm sure you guys have seen all over uh, social media. I mean, the app has gotten over, they've gotten over 11 million total downloads across their app. Apps, which is just bananas, um, given the fact that, I mean, Sasha's only 26, and the company hasn't even been around for all that long in, in the grand scheme of things, so to, to see metrics like that is is really, really crazy. So throughout the episode, we're going to be talking about um, how how Sasha was able to take this uh, idea for Plotograph and then Plotiverse and, and turn that from an idea into a real app and a real business um, that's, that's making them real money money and, and she's going to share her early experiences in entrepreneurship she she sort of has this cool uh, split uh, not really this cool sort of dichotomy between uh, her artistic side and, and her entrepreneurship side and it's a cool combination that that I don't see that often uh, a lot of times when you see someone who's really into art um, they don't so much care about the business side of things they just want to do their art and they'd rather find someone else to do the business and and vice versa so to see someone who has these like dual skill sets um, in my experience is pretty rare and it's been really cool to, to see how she's used these skill sets uh, in tandem to create this really, really cool uh, project and this really cool business that, that they've done over at, at Plotiverse. And we're also going to be touching on sort of the, the alternative life paths that you can that you can follow and how to really uh, communicate and then also 
figure out how it's going to be best for you to pursue a path outside of the traditional go to high school, go to college, uh, get a job that, that directly correlates with your major um, and, and go from there. Because I know for a lot of people, that isn't necessarily the path that they want to be on. So Sasha is going to give you some, some really, really uh, insightful advice as to how you can begin to really carve out your own life path outside of, of sort of the status quo or the quote-unquote traditional life path that is sort of emphasized, um, at least in the United States in particular. So I'm really excited to dive into this interview. Um, sitting down with Sasha was really cool. She's, she's very down-to-earth um, and is someone who, who I really enjoyed chatting with. And I'm sure y'all are going to enjoy the conversation as well. So without further ado, uh, it is my pleasure to welcome Sasha Scheider to Young Smart Money. All right, Sasha, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be chatting with you. So our listeners got to hear a bit about you um, and what you're doing over at Plotiverse in the intro to this episode. But for those of them that aren't familiar with who you are and what you're working on right now, uh, could you give us just a quick overview of sort of where you're at right now? Sure. So, um, yeah, so I'm the CEO and co-founder of Plotiverse. My background is actually in fine arts, but I've always loved business. And I started my first business when I was 17 to help connect artists to gallery spaces and teach them how to monetize their work. And what was so amazing is when I came, I was living in Italy at the time and I came back to the States and that's when I met my partner, who's also my love of my life boyfriend. And he was seeing a, a struggle with photographers, similarly as I was seeing with artists. So that's when we started really brainstorming on what we could do. And he's been doing tech for years. He's a professional fashion advertising and celebrity photographer. So we basically combined forces and integrated this mission to help artists be able to play in the video realm. Like say if you're a painter or a photographer and that's your passion, then you have a hard time like keeping up and creating content for video because it's a completely different art form. So Plotiverse is basically a, a creative network, creative community with app suite with um, Plotograph at our core, which helps you take any still image and make it into a perfectly seamlessly looping dynamic GIF or video. Sweet. So for our listeners that didn't quite track that um, description of what your, what your core offering is that, that allows artists to take advantage of video, could you describe that a little bit more and really uh, give, give the people who are tuning in on audio uh, the ability to to, to track with that because I'm sure they've seen examples of these videos on social media. Um, but, but could you describe them a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we've seen um, GoPro, Red Bull, Paris Hilton, Ariana Grande, Kim Kardashian, like so many people will pick this up. A lot of surfers, um, editors and stuff. So I'm sure they've seen it, but basically you take a still image and you make parts of it move. And the way that it moves is this really mesmerizing, like beautiful way. And it seamlessly loops. So like, for example, with like a wave, say there's a surfer on a wave and that's the photo, you can make the wave start moving and look like it's gonna crash, but then it never crashes. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. And so, yeah, I mean, honestly, just like looking at these, it's mesmerizing. And I'm curious to dive deeper into sort of, 
where this idea came from as well. Uh, but before we do, I want to touch briefly on that first business you started, just because I'm curious. I know we have a lot of younger listeners here. So hearing more about your, your initial sort of venture into entrepreneurship, I think would be really insightful for them. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that. So you saw that issue arising between artists and galleries and, and sort of you wanted to be that connection piece. So what did that, what did that original business look like? Like what were you doing and how were you bridging that gap? Yeah. So, um, basically I've always been like a little bit, you know, into the entrepreneurship and I started going to business conferences and I decided that, you know what, I want to create something that would allow me to do business, art and travel all in one. And so being an artist myself, I'm like, what's the you know most difficult part about being an artist is that you want to create and you want to live by creating. You want to be able to live off of your art. So um, the idea was at the time was making a platform where not only artists were there, but also galleries. Because another thing that I kept seeing is that these big galleries, like there used to be galleries all over Italy and Florence was just full of art galleries. And now they're dwindling because not many people are buying art the way that they used to. And so I really saw that both the artists and the galleries were suffering. So um, it was a way to connect them to where the galleries could find fresh, cool, new artists that are like up and coming and a way for artists to be able to find gallery spaces and it ended up turning into also, you know, hotels and restaurants and like even places that aren't like just a gallery, but are wanting that new artwork and want to be able to help artists and sell artwork. Um, but it was also to educate the artists because I kind of go, I'm like 50-50. I love business, but I'm also very creative. So I keep, I go back and forth from the left and right hemisphere of my brain. And most artists tend to stick in the creative part. And that's really great when you're creating something but then when you need to go pitch what you're creating or tell people or describe or try to make money off of it it's very hard to for artists to kind of explain that so one of the other parts of it was to help artists you know get their artist statement together kind of get like a pitch of who they are and why they're creating that they could give to a gallery or, or talk to someone about that would give it like make it easier for them to understand so it was not just connecting the artists and galleries but also educating the artists on how to actually be able to sell their work huh and so what did that look like was that a website was that some kind of like mobile app or, or what what was the sort of the the design there yeah at the time i wasn't very technical and it was a very poorly done website <laughs> <laughs> and i was also missing um the understanding of the, the advertising and I, I like you know there's such there's a lot of money in advertising and business mm -hmm. that I feel like if I were to do it over again which I kind of ended up doing anyway um, is it it's incorporating you know brands and agencies that are you know hiring artists and creatives so what's so cool is that you know subtly like unconsciously Plotiverse is becoming a little bit of what I originally set out to do, but including the apps where you can create and share and engage, but also we have a lot of brands and agencies on Plotiverse, which is the creative community, um, to help them find artists that they can hire for new campaigns. So I really feel like what I was missing was um, maybe better technology and really like a, you know, the advertising and marketing agencies and the brands and people really looking for, for creatives. 
All right. So, so transitioning from, from that initial venture into Plotiverse, I'm curious what sort of came between these two things. Cause it sounds like it, it, there was a little bit of time that passed between uh, when you were doing this over in Italy and then coming back to the States. Uh, so, so fill us in sort of on that time period. And then I want to dive deeper into to Plotiverse. Sure. So yeah. So when I was in Italy, I was also studying art and Italian, Paolo Italiano. And um, I was really like, I was loving it and I was loving Florence, um, but I felt like I really dove into the culture and made, you know, Italian friends and everything. And I, I'm so stir crazy. I, I, I'm always at a fast pace. So I felt like, okay, now that I've learned everything I need to learn in Italy, what am I going to do? And so my plan was actually to move to New York City and continue building this business. Um, but that's, like I said, when I got back to the States, I almost immediately met Troy wow. and we did end up moving back to Italy for a bit after we met, uh, which was absolutely amazing. But really like I was telling him about what I was doing and he was saying, you know, he's a professional photographer and day rates are going down and the whole industry is changing. And it really is, and it, and it still is changing. Now everybody has a smartphone in their pocket and they're able to take pictures and edit it pretty simply. Mm. So also everyone thinks they're a photographer, a videographer. <laughs> <laughs> and doing that professionally and doing it for fun are two completely different things. But we started seeing, okay, like we need to help our fellow artists, like, cause he's also uh, very business minded as well. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so when we met, it just kind of made sense. And he'd been actually animating for years, I think back in 2009 or something, like for a wow. long time. And, you know, he was always on the forefront of technology for photography and video. So I think it was just like right time, right place, right people. Um, you know, me having like the passion for the business and the, and the traditional artists and him having the experience of, you know, being a real professional artist and having all the connections with agencies and stuff. Um, yeah, and like I mentioned before, we really just saw the day rates going down and we said, you know what, we need to do something. Let's create, let's create an app and a, and a community that would allow users and these artists to take any still photo and make it a captivating loop and gift. We actually see, or video, we actually see two to 10 times more engagement, um, with a photograph than a still image or even a video. Wow. And that's because the, the technique is so trippy like you can move things that weren't meant to be moved you know walls can be melting and all, trees are growing in a different way and so it catches people's attention because of the movement but then it holds their attention because they're like wait a minute what is going on here so and now we've added over a thousand professional overlays so you can animate the base image and you know have you know hummingbirds flying by or flying saucers or animals or people you know so you can really like take it to the next level and we're super excited we have a secret announcement coming up in the next couple of weeks of a new app so look out Sweet. for that and we're just going to keep adding to our suite of apps to help creatives you know do their thing and, and expand their minds and expand their creativity the other thing that's actually really cool um also about this generation of millennials and generation z is that people are more willing to collaborate in you know in the previous generations um everyone was so possessive of their artwork even painters and photographers like they wouldn't post it or they didn't want to collab with anybody. It was all, it was all mine. It was very like, this is mine and that's yours, you know? Yeah. Whereas in the newer generations, we're like totally down 
to like collab and have fun. Like what we see a lot of times there might be photographers or photo editors that really just love retouching or editing or photography, but they're not like so into animating. So then they partner up with someone who wants to animate and create the photographs. And it's a beautiful collaboration. And some people just adore animating. Like we hear all the time, like disabled people, veterans, like moms, like grandmas, like all old people, young people, everybody saying this is so therapeutic. And we also provide a daily challenge image. So every day huh. there's a new image for people to animate for free. And I've gotten like people come out and be like, oh, I'm so thankful for these challenge images. I literally wake up every day and I'm ready for my daily creativity. And that's, that's what they do. And people just get so immersed into the, into the community. We, have, we also have a no troll policy. So this is not Twitter. This is not where you go and bash people. Okay? <laughs> this is like a, a safe place for people to be creative. And we want people to feel comfortable sharing their art because it's very personal. Yeah. Like getting something you know, from within you and creating and spending all those hours and time or whatever, creating something and then posting it just to have someone who's having a bad day, like say, oh, this sucks. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> having a bad day, just don't comment at all. But we've actually kicked multiple people off because we're like, look, this is not the place to criticize and to bash people and tell people they suck. Like, if you don't change your mind right now, we're going we're gonna to delete you from the platform. So that's another thing that's really important to us is just keeping it this, you know, artist community where everyone can share and create and, you know, have a good time and love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious what the initial iteration of Plotograph looked like, just because I'm, I'm sure it, it wasn't as, as flushed out as comprehensive with the entire suite of apps. So like when you were first, when you first had this idea, uh, what did, what did you and Troy initially create? I mean, what was the initial like MVP here? Yeah, that's so funny. So we actually started off with a desktop app because huh. um, we were originally going towards um, professionals. Like that okay. was like the first target, especially since he was a professional photographer. So we're like, okay, let's take it step by step. We'll go towards professional photographers. Let's make a desktop app. So it's so funny because we, we were like totally broke. He, like we, we were in New York and um, the photography industry was changing and we, you know, we were focusing on this. And so we barely got a beta out and then we launched it and we actually did really well. We had a paid beta um, and a, a well-known landscape photographer, Trey Ratcliffe found us and loved us and he ended up doing an e-blast of our, of our then $350 beta of desktop that was just wow. barely enough to like animate an image. It just literally had animate and mask. And I think that was it. <laughs> and uh, he launched it and it, he grossed like almost $300,000 within 30 days and totally took off. And the surf industry really picked it up. We, um, one of our ambassadors is Brian Bielman. He's an epic surf photographer that's been doing huh. it forever. And he, um, we reached out to him. I was so nervous. I remember cold <laughs> calling him. We, we cold called people, like seriously. Like we just like looked up photographers and cold called them. We didn't, we just barely had the beta. And we're like, look, will you buy our software and we'll animate some stuff for you? And, <laughs> <laughs> and I called Brian Bielman and we hit it off right away. And he was just so sweet. And even now he's like a really good friend. And it's just so funny to think about all that. But yeah, it was, it was a, pretty like pretty simple software so then after you know we kept developing kept making new features and getting better and better um, we were actually approached by Apple 
um, because they love the product and they're like, wow, this is so cool. And they thought it would be great for the iPad Pro. The funny thing about this is Troy was like, no, we can't go mobile. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't want to go mobile. And then we're like, oh, well, it's the iPad Pro and Apple wants it. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so then we created this originally just for the iPad Pro because, you know, we we're gearing towards professionals. And Troy's like, wait a minute, what's this universal button? In Xcode, there's like, iPad, there's iPhone, iPad, and universal. And the coders are like, oh, well, you know, if you, if you press that button, then it'll make it available for the iPhone and the iPad. And he's like, well, do you think it'll work? And they're like, no, God, no, no. There's not enough power on the phones. Like, wow, <laughs> all this, you know, all this stuff. And, he, and he's like, press it anyway. Let's see. And so it turns out it worked perfectly on the phone. Of course, we had to design a couple of things differently, but it worked. And we were, like, ecstatic. So when we launched the Plotograph app, it was just a Plotograph app. It was $5 to download. There was no free trial. And it was very simple. It just you know, animate and mask and crop. And I think that was it. So, so was that when you sort of, was that sort of the first time that you started appealing to a lower price point crowd? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, on a mobile, on mobile devices, it's completely different than professional. You also have a lot more people. Yeah. So instead of like trying to sell a higher, like end more expensive product to a few people, we could sell um, a simpler version that, you know, is cheaper and can go to the mass market. Now, we didn't expect it to get quite as big as it has. Right when we launched, we got featured by Apple and we shot up to number one in photo video. Wow. Yeah, that was massive. And then shortly after that, um, Apple featured us as the only app for the launch of the iPhone 10 in the Apple Store app. And that was like epic. We gave them um, actually, because they were doing a promotion for a free download because we were a paid app. And we were so nervous. We're like, oh, I don't know. Like, we're going to give it away for free, but it's we're going to get featured, so I don't know. So we ended up doing it, and um, we were supposed to originally start it off with 800,000 codes for two and a half months. It was covering the holidays and the launch of the iPhone 10. Mm -hmm. That's how long it was supposed to last. We depleted all 800,000 codes in six days. Wow. It was that popular. Yeah. Wow. Not. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so then we had to and do another million codes. We ended up giving away like a million and a half downloads of our photograph app. So then during that time, we're like, you know, okay, so what are we going to do? What's our next step? So we decided to go towards subscription. That's when Plotiverse, the creative community came in. That's when all these overlays came in. You know, Troy's always 10 steps ahead in this realm. He's like, we have to have overlays. And it's so funny because some of the people that had been with us at the beginning were like, no, don't put overlays on it. Keep the quality, you know, oh, it has to stay the same. And we're like, no, no, it's got to grow. It's got to grow. So then we launched uh, our subscription actually on Valentine's Day in Florence, Italy, um, <laughs> in February, you know, 2018. And that included the Plotiverse community. And now it's a free download um, with the Plotograph, you know, capabilities, but also tons of professional quality overlays and that was really like really interesting switching from a paid download to subscription if there's anyone out there thinking about doing an app I would start off with a subscription because switching is pretty tough because you're you're going from you have to pay to even get the app to you have to you, they can download it for free but then the whole mentality changes where you have to lead the customer through you know, through a process and a, a funnel 
to show them how cool the app is and everything and why they actually want to buy it. So it's definitely really interesting. And we've learned so, so much in the past three years, like, like so, so much. Yeah. And I'm just excited because I get to share this with people. I'm like looking forward to doing more podcasts and, you know, hoping I can share mistakes that we made with young people to not make them, you know, and the industry is already changing like so quickly, even from when we first launched our app, like at first everyone just did paid to download and now everyone's doing subscriptions. And we first started off with like a monthly subscription and a six month and an annual, we had all these options and then we just simplified it and did annual only. And it was a massive success like it was way better than having all the different options it was technically cheaper per, like if you were to count out the months but it's better for us and it's better for the customer because then they just buy it for a year and they have all the features so it's really quite interesting how fast things change in this world sorry to hop in but it's time for the young smart money review of the day all right this one comes from in it for freebies who says an apple a day dot 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 keeps the bill collectors away this guy is a talent hands down you will be inspired by either the stories of online entrepreneurs or his advice on how to make money it's a high energy podcast that you are sure to enjoy well thank you so much can always get down for a good freebie myself Uh, and if you guys want a chance to be featured in the next episode all you got to do is find young smart money on either apple Podcasts or Castbox drop a comment or review, uh, and I will uh, pick one out to be featured in the next episode. Otherwise, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I, I wanted to bounce back to the fact that that you had a paid to download app because I, I feel like, and I have no experience with apps, but I, just from like sentiments of, of the people that I talk to, that people are very hesitant to like pay for an app without getting to try it out at all. Um, so hearing that, that that massive success with a paid app was was surprising to me uh just because yeah so many apps are are like you said now like the subscription base where you can download it you get some of the the feature set uh for free um but then to to actually get the full-fledged like thing you have to pay but you've had that experience um so i'm curious i know that that feature from apple was was huge but like how are you getting initial uh, people aware of the app once it was released um yeah, what was, what was your marketing strategy? Yeah, so at first, because we were broke, we yeah. focused on <laughs> cold calling people and Instagram, actually. Huh. Building up our community and reaching out to influencers, animating stuff for them, giving them the software to try and see if they like it. And if they like it, then they can post and stuff. So we really utilized mostly Instagram and social media to really get the word out there quickly. And like I said, at first, it, you know, we were aiming at professional photographers, but then it blew up in the surf industry and then it blew up in the consumer space. Um, so yeah, mostly Instagram. And it's interesting because now that like we got shadow banned about a year ago, I think, cause we were a social platform. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like all, we announced that we had a social platform and then all of a sudden we stopped getting followers. <laughs> we used to get like like 5,000 a week was pretty like normal and we Dang. built like 135, 140,000, you know, in one year or something. That was crazy. And then we got shadow banned. And then I think we were like the beta testers for, for Instagram's algorithms, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> And so then the algorithms changed. And so it's completely different now. Now, of course, like there is, you know, weight to still being present on social media, but 
Instagram has changed so much and like people have figured out how to do bots and followers and mm. it's, it's totally different. And now that your users only see like only 7% of your users or something or even less actually see your posts, that's like so sad. Like it's not what, it, you know, social media is supposed to be. But anyway, so we did social media and articles, we did a lot of articles. So we had an mm. uh, amazing girl, Nadia, who would, research like trending things that were relevant in our industry and relevant to our app and so we would write articles and post like a photograph with the article and that was it took a little bit of time to get running because it you know it takes a little time to make the media connections and to, to really have a presence but after like three or four months that drove a lot of traffic to the app store and to our desktop, which we still have. So yeah, so I would say social media and articles are the biggest thing. Now, what we're finding now is because, you know, Instagram and Facebook are basically completely paid to play. TikTok is coming up quite well and quite quickly, huh. for, you know, as an actual space. There's not, you know, big advertisements. It's all influencers. It's all consumers. So it's kind of like, I feel like what Instagram was when it first launched. Um, and it's all video based, which is super exciting. So now we're diving into TikTok, and still we're gonna be launching articles soon again. And yeah, awesome, awesome. As far as like the the difficulty of the platform, because this is something that that people were not familiar with. Did you guys run into any issues with people not really understanding how it worked? I mean, what does the learning curve even look like for for how long it takes to to create one of these things? Yeah, so now it can, it's like literally a matter of seconds, but when we first launched with the desktop app, it took, we had to literally show people like describing the concept of like, oh, okay, you take an image and then you make it move. Yeah. <laughs> like people were like, what? <laughs> people were really confused. So we had, it was a pretty steep learning curve on educating people on how to animate this, but at, soon as we went mobile and you know this blew up on social media and instagram now people get it a lot it's still amazing and like i said because it's so trippy it's like so different than what you would normally see in movement mm -hmm. it's still super exciting gets a lot more engagement but people understand the idea now um so it's a lot easier now like literally download the app photograph pick an image we have tons of animated presets so you can you don't even have to animate customly yourself if you don't want to you can just pick a preset mask but you don't want to move in your set and then we have all the other cool features which is like i mean not that photographs not really cool but it's like <laughs> you know we have all the overlays and we have camera movements it's it's so exciting now so i'm curious as well because I mean, that functionality seems like really, really cool. And, and to be able to do that where, where nobody else was doing that is, is super cool. How, how did you actually like bring this thing to life? Like, how did you actually create the app? I know you said that Troy had, had some like experience with, with technology, but I'm sure that there had to be, um, there had to be a point where you had to start bringing other people on board to, to actually like code this thing and, and create. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> we definitely did not code it. <laughs> yeah, no, we hired um, an outsourced team right now. Our team is, they're called Dreamix. They're like the best team ever of coders that we've ever worked with. Like they're just so caring and they actually like are excited about the project and everything. But yeah, we hired coders from the beginning because we, you know, coding is a whole nother ball game. Like yeah. 
So I was done HTML for like websites and stuff. And I knew absolutely nothing. I just knew, I just like to figure out how things work. Like that's like the most like really exciting things for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we definitely had to hire outside coders. And I know like at first, I think there was a lot, lot of hesitation for companies to do outside coders. Ours are in Bulgaria. So it's not like India or Brazil or something, you know, it's in Europe basically. So, um, so, but I think now it's a lot more widely accepted to do outside source coders. Um, and we, you know, we're on all the coding calls and Troy's designed everything and stuff, but they, they actually code everything for sure. Huh. So what, when you brought them on, uh, did you, did you have to give them equity or, or were you guys already generating revenue or did you have money to invest? Yeah, definitely had no money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I figured. The way it worked, we, we risked, we risked it all. Um, um, so they, so when they start, we hired them and they give you a bill after at 30 days of work and then you have net 30 to pay. Okay. So you're like, okay, if we start this, we have two months to find money for the first month's payment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so that's the, it was a massive risk and it ended up working out. I did actually, like I had a little bit of savings and I threw my life savings at it. And I was like, here, please take this. It wasn't <laughs> even the full amount of the bill. I'm like, is this going to be okay? We'll try to get the rest later. Um, and that was our first bill payment. And then we had to get investors after that. So we actually had a really good friend of um, Troy's ended up being our first official investor. And she's just a doll. Her name is Jacqueline. And she's actually a model, in, in, but also an IT consultant. Wild. She's like smart and so beautiful. I just adore her. Um, but so she was actually our first investor. And um, yeah, so then after that, you know, we started getting some money and some sales. So the majority of our business has been run off of sales mm -hmm. and then friends and family, um, like convertible notes and stuff. My grandmother actually now is one of our biggest investors. Huh. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's awesome. She's always been super supportive. She doesn't understand any of it. And she doesn't <laughs> understand entrepreneurship. Like she always tells the story. She's like, yeah, I used to ask Sasha what she wanted to be. And she said, I want to be, she's like, you want to be a model? You want to be an actress? You want to do an artist? What do you want to do? And I'm like, no, I want to be an entrepreneur. She's like, what the is an entrepreneur? <laughs> and she swears like a sailor. She's hilarious. Yeah. So she grew up actually, um, she was born in Ohio, grew up in Florida, and then moved to New York City when she was 16 to become a Shakespearean play actress. Wow. Yeah, she was just definitely pipped. Didn't graduate high school, never went to college. Um, and then while she was doing Shakespearean acting, she actually met my grandfather, who is <laughs> Roy Scheider from Jaws, French Connection, all that jazz. Ah, yeah, wow. he's the guy that shoots the shark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and they met doing Shakespearean acting, and they were just two broke artists that, you know, fell in love. And when the when TV and film ended up becoming more popular he went on to the silver screen and she actually went into film editing so huh. throughout their their marriage that's what they were doing editing and acting that's so cool wow yeah. so i have a family of artists yeah honestly that's that's awesome so like was that was that helpful because i know a lot of parents uh depending on, on where you grew up obviously but a lot of parents are like pushing their kids I mean this has been my experience down either like the lawyer doctor or like <laughs> like computer programmer track so 
it seems like having a family of artists, uh, it might have been a little bit easier for you, but were there still like hurdles to to sort of explaining to your family um, what you were doing and, and getting their support? Yeah, so luckily I was I was very fortunate. My mom, who's my grandmother's daughter, um, she was very supportive, very calm, just like total mom. All she wanted to do was be a mom. <laughs> And um, she just always told me, look, just you got to do what you love to do. She never pushed anything on me. Hmm. Like, you know, there was, we didn't, we weren't religious, but I had a best friend who is super religious and she didn't care. She just said, good, study their religion, but also study all the other religions. And if you decide you want to do something, take your pick. You know, she was always just very supportive in the sense of making your own decisions, like doing the Hmm. research, making me making your own decisions and she actually died when I was 13 wow I'm sorry it's okay and then I moved to back to Alaska I grew up in like Washington state in Alaska and I moved back to Alaska with my first dad and then finally I moved back to I moved to Florida with my grandmother and I was there in Florida for the last two years of my high school and and my grandmother is a pip and she doesn't understand anything about business and entrepreneur stuff or (laughs) technology or anything but she's like, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you want to be a mailman or, a, a, you know, pick up gra- pick up garbage or whatever. As long as it makes you happy, I don't care. <laughs> she's like, just do something. And it was interesting because, like, the most pressure I got was actually from the school system. Like, really? I remember in Florida, it was my last year of high school. And, like, there was so much pressure to take your SATs and ACTs and apply to college. And I already knew I was going to Italy, but I got, like, a overwhelming, like, meltdown of like oh my god am I making the right decision I'm (laughs) like it was all the pressure from the schools because I don't know why like I guess it's just their system but I would say for anyone who's getting pressure from from their parents from their family members you know siblings or from the school just take a deep breath and think like center yourself and and ask your heart like and ask yourself like what is it that you actually want to do and nowadays the thing is you know it used to be you go to high school, you go to college, you pick a major, you graduate college, and then you would get a job in that major. And it was like clockwork. That was the previous generation. Mm, you know, understanding yeah. of the world. It is definitely not the case anymore. You're like lucky as all whatever. I'm trying not to curse. <laughs> <laughs> you are so lucky if you get a decent job you know, even relating to your major after college these days. It's just completely switched. The other thing is in the past, you would get a job and you would be there for 30 years. You literally, 30 to 50 years, that, that is the job that you had for the rest of your life. Yep. Now there's no loyalty. You can be somewhere for 10 years and they'll fire you because they're, you know, doing cuts or whatever, or you're too old, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's a completely different world. And I think that if there's any parents or, you know, educators listening to this, there's a lot of, there's more opportunity that there, than there's ever been. It's just that there's not one way to, to go about it. So if you have a kid or a student or someone who's like, you know, not sure what they want to do, but doesn't want to go down the educational path, like just try to be understanding and, you know, give them guidance on how to find what they actually love. And the other thing I would say is how can you possibly know what you want to do for a good portion of your life without trying things? Yeah. How about this? Make a deal with your parents. Okay, parents, I will shadow three different lawyers and attorneys or doctors or whatever they're trying to make you to do. And I will go through their daily 
quickly do life and see if that's actually what I want to do. But if I don't want to do it, then you can't make me do it. <laughs> mm, <laughs> preach. Yes. Make, make a deal. Like, try, like show that you're, you're willing to, you know, listen to them. I think that's like the biggest thing with parents is they feel like they're not being heard or something, mm -hmm. you know? So if you can, you know, give them the time, give them the energy to feel heard and be like, I will try it. And if I don't like it though, that's not what's meant for me. So that's my advice for people being pressured by other people. And all, all in all, it comes down to just don't give a crap about what anyone's thinking. But do, <laughs> you can be understanding that and go, hey, thanks for your suggestion. I hear you. And I appreciate you trying to look out for my well-being. And I appreciate mm. you caring. Because that's really all that's happening. Yeah. But you know, when you're a teenager or whatever, you're going through hormones, you're like, oh, F you. Like, you don't understand me. Rah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It happened, <laughs> but yeah. So, one, I mean, one word that you said right there that I want to kind of, that I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into is, is opportunity, because it seems like you're someone who has really taken advantage of a lot of opportunities that have come your way. So I'm curious if you have any words of wisdom or, or just uh, knowledge that you could share with our listeners when it comes to sort of spotting opportunities and taking advantage of them. Sure. So the first thing that came to mind was one of my favorite quotes was what you focus on expands. Okay. Mm. What you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on blank, that's what's going to come into your life. Yep. If, you're, if you're going and focusing on art, if you're going and focusing on becoming a lawyer, whatever, that's how the universe will set it out for you. If you're closed-minded, that's what's going to happen. If you're looking at problems, that's what's going to happen. It's just it is yep. what it is like we're all energetic beings and everything around us is energy and our thoughts have way 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 more power than most people give them credit for so you know even like of course like seizing an opportunity it's really you're creating the opportunities you know and you're bringing the opportunities to you so i tend to be a pretty positive person yeah i definitely have my days you know and i get tired and get grumpy and but if I catch myself, I go, oh, think of something you're actually grateful for. And I'll look at it like, oh, I'm so thankful for this chair I'm sitting in. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, I just switch my brain around because if you focus on problems, you're going to get problems. If you focus on opportunity, you're going to get opportunity. The other thing is when you're stressed out or you're tired or you're not happy and you're focusing on the problems, it's really hard to see. You know, go outside and like look up and like look at horizon lines and look out so that you can see not just di what's directly in front of you, like present time problems, look in your peripheral, like see everything around you. And I think that's really the key because what happens is people are getting opportunities all day long, all day long, every day you get an opportunity, whether it's something simple like you're driving and you could take a left or not, or you did it or right? you're switching lanes, but you, you took too long or you didn't take it, you know, whatever. There's always yeah. something opportunity but it's the same in business so if you're young you're like a teenager and you're like I feel like I don't fit into this managerial system of what the school system and what my parents are trying to tell me to do great find and test things and shadow people and research things and see what you actually like like you might change your mind and that's okay but just don't sit there going, oh, I don't know what to do, like, blah, you know, <laughs> saying, like, try things. 
one thing that I do, like, like I grew up outside. So I was always outside playing, like I was building something, I was making something, I was always busy, but not like forcefully busy, but just that I wanted to make something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting stuck or you have an artist like block or you're, you're wanting to create a business but you don't know, take up something simple, like do some sort of art, take a walk, go on a hike, you know what I'm saying? It opens up your brain and it, and it gets everything flowing. Like I'm holding right now a, a piece, I was making a cuff, a beaded cuff, it's like a peyote stitch mm. of these like little beads and they're just these tiny beads, oh my God, it was so intense. <laughs> and I was like, I, I got all this beading stuff, I'm like, I'm gonna be a beater, this is what I'm gonna do in my pastime. Yeah, no, I realized that I like it a little bit, but not as much as I thought. <laughs> but, you know, I tried it and I learned stuff from it. And, it, it you know, you just got to keep learning. Like, seriously, just don't get stuck. And if you feel stuck, go outside. Take your shoes off. Stand in the grass. Go to the beach. Mm. Get I love that so much. Uh, there's, there's a couple more things that I want to touch on before we wrap up. The first of which is... Uh, Forbes 30 under 30. So you got named in 2019 uh, under the consumer technology category. First of all, I just want to say congratulations on that. Um, and, and I want to, to learn more. Is there a story there or really how did that come to be? Yeah, it's so funny because like when I started my business, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to get in Forbes. Like that's one of my <laughs> goals. Like that was so cool. La la la. You know, and I like, it was definitely one of my my things. I was like, oh, there's this 30 under 30 and, you know, super excited about it. But yeah, basically, um, I'm so thankful and I think it's really cool. It's a really interesting opportunity. Like the people around me are really educated, smart people, especially in consumer technology. Like maybe they have degrees in it or something. And here I am just like a random artist who speaks <laughs> Italian and, and likes business is up there. Um, but yeah, so um, I don't know, it was just a treat. Um, and I think what really helped with that is having a lot of press about our business and having a really cool product. Yeah. That, that you know, definitely helps because they're looking for innovative things. And it's interesting, a spinoff article um, of that was something about like next Mark Zuckerberg's and I was on that of 11 people. It was like, wow, so- all right. Yeah, so um yeah, if you're looking, if you want to get on Forbes or you have these goals, you know, don't, don't stop thinking it could definitely happen. I was definitely like not thinking it was going to be, <laughs> it was going to happen. I found out I was nominated, like that I made it past like the nomination stage. So I was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited. I'm like, dude, that's enough. Like, I'll just take nominated. <laughs> I don't even have to get it. I'll just take nominated. And then it came out. It's amazing. Dang. That is what's up. That is what's up. Uh, do you have any sort of uh, tips or, or advice for listeners who are running some kind of business that are looking to, to garner more press, more earned media? Any, any strategies that have worked particularly well for you, obviously outside of having a, a really, really killer product? Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to people. It's a lot of work because there's a lot of media people that won't get back because they're so busy. They got people reaching out to them all the time. Yeah. I would say don't forget, don't give up. Um, and research like really top articles and top people. Here's just something that I learned from my grandmother. Always go to the top, hmm. okay? Say you just started, who gives a crap? Um, <laughs> go to the top, go to the, t- the best person that you could possibly ever reach out to in your field. And I know it's scary and you're like, oh, I don't have any experience. It doesn't matter, flatter them, 
you know, and say, hey, you're my idol, you know, or something and, and tell them what you've got and ask if they're willing to just communicate with you in some way. I, I don't even know, but don't be afraid to reach out to people. After all, they're all people. Yeah. Right. This, some, this, whoever your idol is could be literally like your uncle. It's like, oh, it's that person. <laughs> they just happen to be famous in your field. So I would say, don't be afraid to reach out to the top. Don't be arrogant. For sure, when you're reaching out, like don't think you're the shit, or you know, don't think you're too cool for school because <laughs> you haven't been through the ropes. Be humble, be appreciative, and you know, if someone responds back to you, like that's a blessing. So, guarding more media, like if there's a someone that you read, like if there's articles that you read, and this person happens to do articles all the time in your field, reach out to them. Be like, hey, I read your articles, and one of my favorites was this one that I read, and put a little detail. Yeah. You make it personal and be like, I have something similar. Would you be willing to check it out? Like, mm. it's awesome. Like, we just had someone reach out to us, like, reach out to me directly wanting to test the app and write an article about it. And it's just because it's, you know, they're looking for stuff to write. So you just got to be in, in, you know, present and, in a, you know, available for them to write about you. Absolutely. Uh, Sasha, I have some questions now that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for those? Totally. Sweet. The first of which is, uh, what is something that genuinely has you excited right now? I'm super excited about a launch of our new app. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll leave it at that. I'll be sure <laughs> to, to update the listeners once that, once that drops. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business or your lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. Go to fuck. I'm oh, sorry. Go to bed <laughs> and wake up earlier. <laughs> sorry about that. Go to, I swear so much, and I'm like, okay, teenagers, gotta do it, whatever. Okay, go to bed. Like, don't stay up till two a.m. I know some people like have clothes and stuff, but the he the sleep is to heal your body. If you mm -hmm. run your body down, you will not be able to produce or make proper decisions, and you will, you'll end up ruining something in the long run including yourself. You have to stay strong and focused. So go to sleep before 10 o'clock and wake up early, like 5, 6 a.m. I've been waking up right now. I'm on a completely different time zone at 3.30, 4.30 a.m. Wow. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to get up that early, but try to go to bed before 10 o'clock and, and, and get some serious sleep. Also, a really good habit is to make a list. I know people mm. say this all the time and it's really boring and yep. it's so simple, but <laughs> seriously, if you make a list, you get it down somewhere, whether like I have an app on my phone that I write things down on or like a, or like a piece of paper or something, then it stops banging around your head. Yes. You can think clearly. Okay. Yes. So the whole point is the clearer that you're thinking, the more you're going to see, the more opportunities that are going to come. So write that crap down, mm. just make the list and go to bed. <laughs> do you do you like track your sleep do you have like an aura ring or are you are you somebody who's just like if I feel good then I'm good yeah uh, I don't know like I try to but I just end up not doing so well with that I just try to get in bed like you know in like nine-ish I know it sounds like old or whatever but then I wake up early and I'm refreshed and ready to get things going I'm it's all about that how, yeah it's amazing how clear you think in the morning like I know yeah. like I used to be a total nighttime person like I would stay up till two, three o'clock at night. Like I easily like love the nighttime, but then you're just, you're just, you know, garbage the next day. You didn't mm -hmm. get your rest. You didn't heal. Okay. You know, being healthy is a huge part of it. Like the, I've been vegan now for two and a half years 
it's way easier to run a stressful business and be an entrepreneur if you're healthy. Yes. Okay? Yes. So check it out. <laughs> try, try the Beyond Burger and like the Beyond Chicken or whatever and think about getting, getting yourself healthy and do mm. something active, you know? Okay. Straight up, straight up. Uh, Sasha, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I've gotten a ton of value from this and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Uh, where can they go if they want to follow up with you, um, learn more about Plotiverse um, and all of that good stuff? Where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, absolutely. Download our app. It's free, Plotiverse on the app store and you can reach out to me there. My handle is just Sasha. Um, or you can also find us on Instagram or our website, which is plotiverseapps.com. Sweet. And I'll be sure to link up all of those in the show notes for this episode. Sasha, it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the podcast. Do you have any last parting thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to leave the listener with here today? Yeah. Um, stay optimistic. Even if you're going through crap, pain is only temporary. You totally got this and, you know, have a good time. It's about the journey. Mm, preach. Thank you so much, Sasha. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Same here. Well, there we go. Another episode of Young Smart Money in the Books. Glad you guys were here to spend it with us um, and really soak up as much value as possible from the guest of the day. Now, if you guys haven't already left us a review on iTunes, I know I say it at the end of every single episode, but I really do love those reviews. We've got nearly 200 at this point, which is absolutely amazing. It's crazy to see that we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people with the podcast and that some of you guys have actually chosen to go out of your way, take five seconds and write us a review it means the absolute world to me. And again, if you guys don't know where to find the review section, because a lot of you guys hit me up and you're like, I want to write your review. I, I love Young Smart Money so much, but I don't know where to write the review. You just scroll all the way down. You go to Young Smart Money, you scroll all the way down past all the episodes, past nearly 200 episodes, and you find the write a review section. You leave me all of your thoughts, all of your genuine, heartfelt comments about the show. I read them all. I digest them all. They get me going every single day. So I really appreciate that. And the last thing that I want to say to you guys before we wrap up here is I want you guys to take action. Okay. You just spent nearly an hour maybe more than an hour consuming this content and i want you guys to take action okay i really encourage you to while you're going through the show be mindful take notes really soak in the information don't just be there and let the information flow through you like let it soak in to who you are and really really find something find one thing that you can take away from this episode that you can go out there and actually apply right now in your day today okay i want you guys to stop listening for po to podcasts for the next little bit here um, maybe the next 15 minutes and just think about how you can start to take action okay think about one thing that somebody said in this podcast today that you can apply to your own life and go out there and implement it okay and then let me know how it went because guys i see so many people just listening to content soaking up content all day long but they never do anything with it okay so i want you guys i don't want that to be you i want you to be the person who actually takes action so go out there take some action let me know how it goes and i will see you in the next episode